This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Synergy, a percussion concert in Albert Taylor Theater, Saturday at 7.30. Tickets are available for $10 at Kirkland Fine Arts Center. For more on those and other stories and podcasts and videos, check out our website anytime, nowdecatur.com. are changing. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. President Biden ordered that for how and when they would shoot more objects out of the sky after taking down the Chinese spy balloon first and three still unidentified objects later. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation, or research institutions. Fox's Peter Ducey's at the White House. Answers about the object shot down over Alaska may be coming now via the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. They say that they lost what Aviation Week is describing as a party-style Pico balloon over Alaska the same day an F-22 shot something down in the same spot. This, uh, the president spoke after he got a physical, and he's reported to be healthy, vigorous, and fit for office. The exam was at Walter Reed Medical Center, where Senator John Fetterman is this morning, the Pennsylvania Democrat being treated for depression. Fetterman's office says he checked himself into the hospital. His chief of staff says Fetterman's clinical depression recently became more serious. It's something Fetterman has experienced for years. Fox's Chad Bergram. Fetterman spent two days in a hospital last week after feeling lightheaded. The senator was elected in November, months after suffering a stroke. Two weeks after a toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, residents still don't believe tests showing air and water safe. No. I don't. No, I don't feel safe. You know, I, I think I would be a fool to say that I felt safe right now. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson's there. FEMA has declined giving assistance at this time. A FEMA administrator tells Fox News they're in constant contact with officials here on the ground. But it's notable. Senator J.D. Vance also says he wants Norfolk Southern to pay for these damages, not the American taxpayer. The railroad says it's gone over a million dollars to hundreds of families for lodging, travel, food, and other reimbursements. Five fired Memphis cops charged with murder of a bond hearing this morning. In the Tyree Nichols case, he died days after a police beating. America's listening to Fox News. And now a small business setback is assessed by a beloved family pediatrician. Oh, hey, Tiger. Big scary tree ranch give your work truck a boo-boo? Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the Progressive Mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim. Attaboy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. <gasps> What's this? Candy drawer. Who wants a lollipop? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms and conditions. Photo claims not available in all states or situations. Is your home's title still in your name? Home Title Lock's free lookup service can make sure it is. Your home's title is online where thieves can forge your signature, take out loans against it, or even sell it. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs don't protect you. Home Title Lock does. Verify your home is still in your name with Home Title Lock's free lookup service and register your address for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com slash free. HomeTitleLock.com slash free. While prosecutors in Georgia keep considering criminal charges related to former President Trump's attempts to overturn the state's election results, portions of a special grand jury report made public show jurors found no fraud, but they believe some witnesses unnamed may have committed perjury. In Arizona, Republican Carrie Lake, who claims fraud cost her last year's election for governor, Lost again in courts. The Arizona Court of Appeals rejecting Carrie Lake's challenge of her defeat in the state's governor's race to Democrat Katie Hobbs. In Thursday's ruling, the court writing Lake presented no evidence that voters whose ballots were unreadable by tabulators at polling places were not able to vote. Even pointing out Lake's witness acknowledged that ballots that couldn't be initially read were ultimately counted. Lake, among the most vocal proponents of election fraud in the 2020 presidential race, has been claiming misconduct since losing to Katie Hobbs by just over 17,000 votes. Hobbs was sworn in as Arizona's governor last month. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are falling, suggesting more selling. A baseball legend has died. Tim McCarver, not just famous for playing, he's in the Hall of Fame for broadcasting. During his playing days, McCarver won a pair of World Series titles as a catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals and then went on to an incredibly successful career analyzing the game on TV. After retiring, McCarver quickly became one of the most recognizable broadcasters in the game and became known nationally, especially during his nearly two 
two decades at Fox. He was the lead analyst for more than 20 World Series broadcasts and won six Emmys for his work on television. As a player, McCarver was a two-time All-Star during his 21-year career and formed a successful partnership with Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Gibson. Tim McCarver was 81. I'm Eric Messersmith. Fox News. In the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks won their 12th straight game beating Chicago, but star Giannis Antetokounmpo suffered a sprained wrist whose status for the All-Star Game Sunday is unknown. America's listening to Fox News. I'm Dave Anthony. Hello, this is Bryce Thornton, ag lender and farm manager with Scott State Bank. Just like agriculture, our roots run deep here in central Illinois. We have been serving the farm needs of our community since 1887. I invite you to check out all the benefits a locally owned and managed bank can offer you and your business. Being local is a key to our success, and we want to be your community bank. At Scott State Bank, we are customer-focused, community-driven, and committed to you. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Here's a look at your News Channel 20 storm team forecast today. Scattered flurries before 11 a.m., cloudy through mid-morning, and gradually clearing with a high near 34. For tonight, clear with a low around 25. For Saturday, increasing clouds, high near 50. And for Sunday, sunny with a high near 54. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 24 degrees. Your WSOY time is 7.06. Good morning and welcome to the Friday edition of Buyers and Company. We have a fun District 61 spotlight today. They had a great event at Parsons School last night. We'll talk about that. We've got three folks in the studios. Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Topper and our Brink Outer Home Highlight. You win eight passes to the Avon Theater coming up. Company starts now. Buyers and Company, WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Good morning and welcome. All right, Nick, I'm going to give you two chances. You're a District 61 graduate. You're a Millican graduate. Do you know anything about Parsons' namesake? Oh, no, no that's a I no. Don't. Just they told it. us last time they were on here. I know, but I, I'm going to, they had a nice event last night. We'll tell you all about it. There's still family here, which I didn't know. Uh, but, uh, great history. Uh, and you know, there's generally, uh, if you look at a school and there's a name attached to it, and if you're of a certain age, you may not know, uh, the story of how all of it transpired, but, uh, we'll tell you all about it here with the, uh, the DPS, uh, 61 spotlight. It's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So let's start, uh, with, uh, you know, um, do most of your teachers and students know the history? No, and that's why we... Pull that this, up just a oh, little bit if you don't mind. There sorry, we go. Sorry about that's that. That's okay. Um, no, that's part of the reason why we held this event. This month we are focusing on it's Black History Month, and so this month we called it Founders Month, and our theme was You Can Be First because Judge Parsons was the first federal circuit court judge in the United African-American Circuit Court Judge in, in the, the United, United States. States of America. And he served in Chicago. Um but our students don't know about Judge Parsons. A lot of the community doesn't know about Judge Parsons. I, I would, uh, I think that's true. I wouldn't put it on the kids. They're too young. Yep. It's, it's our responsibility <laughs> to know. Uh, appointed by John F. Kennedy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's, and, and he, uh, wasn't from Decatur originally, but ended up here, uh, at Millican University and, and is buried here uh, and still has family. Yes. Bobby Parsons, his great niece is still in the area and her son, Kenyatta, came last night to our, our event and spoke about Judge Parsons read a bit of his speech and and when you get if you ever get the opportunity to do research he had a lot of great things to say about education that we're still facing in education and it was 56 years ago that yeah, those words were crazy, said right it uh, is yeah. just everything remains the same <laughs> uh all right so uh, uh ms kitson uh i always like denise always sends me this stuff and i feel like i'm back in grade school right you know uh 1967 yes. uh, was when the school opened yes so um people i, I I think 
have a nostalgia about a time and they, they don't realize I mean, that was a very long time ago. It was a very long time ago. And, uh, you know, I'd been on this earth all of about, you know, 10 months. Uh, so it is a long, long time ago. Uh, how do you operate, you, you know, when you're, you're dealing with old bricks and mortar and buildings? We talk about this all the time, new schools and what you can do. I mean, it's, it's not the bricks and the mortar that make the difference, although it right. certainly can be a much more creative atmosphere. I mean, you look at the way we, we were talking about the new school that's coming and how it almost looks like a community college campus and right. things have changed in the classrooms. But it really is the folks you have in here today, right, yeah. that are the heart and the soul uh, of whether a kid gets a great experience yes. or not. Absolutely. Our teachers make the difference. And, and I can say for even an older building, our staff make a difference. The people who are taking care of our buildings. They go above and beyond. You know, yeah. And, you know, one of our visitors last night was uh, Mark Rankin, and he was a custodian for us for 35 years. He, he, Parsons was his second home. Yeah. You know, so he, our building, as far as like the bricks and mortar of our building has been well taken care of. We have the usual plumbing issues sometimes for a 57-year-old building, but we it's been really maintained and really taken care of and really loved, you yeah. know, by the community and the staff and the teachers who've been at Parsons. All right, we'll introduce uh, your two fourth grade teachers uh, you have here with us today. I have Kaylin Brock. When we were out in the fall, I brought these young ladies, yeah. but the Kaylin Brock is a first-year teacher here at Parsons and Katherine Rogers is a third fourth year third year teacher at parsons but she's been a teacher for seven years so she's a little bit of a veteran <laughs> all right let's talk about what is the the learning curve on becoming a really good teacher i mean what what do you know year two that you didn't know year one and what do you know you know seven years in that you didn't know at the beginning um the first year you are never going to come in knowing everything and learning to be humble and and ask the questions and not be afraid to get that support that you need is everything. Um, but going into year two, I, I think it was just really um, eye-opening to me the difference that strong relationships with our students really make. Um, once you have that uh, relationships with the students, classroom management becomes so much easier and you can really dig into the academics and making that huge um, academic difference once you build a strong foundation within your classroom with those relationships. All right. We just got done with the Super Bowl. I'll give you a football analogy and you tell me if this sounds right. You know, when quarterbacks come into the league, it's so fast and, and they don't know what to do. But what they learn is to slow down the game in their mind and they get to see the pieces. Is that a, kind of an equivalent of like, because you're leading, you know, a team? Absolutely. That is spot on. All right. So what, what's it like today? I mean, we, we get, I think there's the perception of public education. There's the perception of everything. And then there's the day-to-day -day grind, you know, like you're there in it. I mean, I'm assuming most of your days are great. I'm, I'm sure you have days where you go home and want to pull your hair out, but most of the days are just you with the kids making a difference. There are absolutely days where you go home and you're like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> but day-to-day, I work really hard to build those strong relationships with my students, and we work a lot on routines and procedures. They they know what's expected of them. They'll be the first to say when Ms. Rogers says we're learning, we we better get to learning. Um, so we we do a lot of really fun activities in the in the classroom to make sure that they're engaged and they're having fun with their learning, so that they want to come to school, they want to learn, they they want to grow. All right, Caitlin, uh, you were last with us right at the beginning, kind of deer in the headlights. Uh, yeah. Now your second semester, what have you learned? Uh, so much. I feel like I've been teaching for 12 years since the last time I was here. Right? Um, mainly just, like Catherine said, just building stronger relationships with my kids. I feel like coming in after Christmas break, it's a lot less of the stress of, oh my gosh, I have to fit in all this stuff yeah. um, every single day, make sure we get to all the all the checkpoints are made throughout like the school day and more so just meeting the kids where they're at and being able to work in small groups and um, improve on what they're working on 
rather than trying to rush them so bad and try and fit everything in and just meet them where they're at. All right, Holly, today, uh, in my opinion, outside looking in, teachers have to do so much more than they maybe had to do 25 years ago. Yeah. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Every day. Yeah. I mean, maybe in areas you're not even trained in, right? I mean, because Every you're dealing day. with all kinds of outside factors. Yeah. And uh, I, I, that's why I think when you see these young, new, dedicated teachers, I mean, they kind of know going in, it isn't the same as it used to be. But how do you support them? I think we offer, we make sure that when we do take in new teachers, that we have a strong grade level team, somebody in that team that they can go to. Um, Catherine is the veteran in her her grade level. Um, she and so she's taken the two newbies kind of under her wing, but also, you know, my AP and I try to get around the building. And I, I can say that Parsons truly is a community. So if Caitlin or any new teacher in our building needs something, there's <laughs> always an adult, another adult teacher yeah. that will step in and support help. We have experts in math and experts, you know, everybody has an expertise. Sure. So, and they're willing to share. And yeah. that's what it takes to build a strong, you know, teaching foundation. I can say that I've been at Parsons. This is my fourth year. Over each of these years, we've had a higher retention rate every year for teachers, mm -hmm. and we need to keep our teachers in our building. So last year we were at 80 percent, and I'm hoping to keep raise that. This How year. important is that continuity? It's everything. It is really everything because I think you you get the lost in the deer headlights. You know, I'm like, what's what's happening when we bring in new teachers? But they're quickly taken into the fold, so we don't ever hesitate to take in a new teacher. I actually enjoy bringing in first year teachers because they can learn with a great group of people. So, all right, tell me about last night. Oh, big event. Yeah, I saw some uh, pictures online, I think, from the uh, Community Foundation uh, was there and others. Yeah. We um, celebrated our Founders Day, so 56 years ago, Parsons Elementary was founded um, this month. I think the original grand opening was February 26th, but the official was February 17th for the opening. Um, but we had Bobby Parsons and her son came in last night and presented parts of par Judge Parsons' initial speech. They spoke about the meaning of having the building, you know, remain named after him. The community learned a lot about Judge Parsons. We had drum circles in the music room and um, our brilliant boys, um, Art and Culture Club, had their art show last night. And Aramark provided us a wonderful buffet of um, multicultural snacks. It just was a really great evening full of people from the community, our families and it was lots of laughter, lots of smiles, and it was just a great night. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, it, it, you know, I, I didn't realize that he uh, he passed away in 1993. That I would have guessed it would have been you know earlier than that. He's also uh, served uh, during World War II and was a director of one of the Navy bands. Uh, you know, was like yeah, well, really... he was one of the first African American directors of a Navy band. Yeah. So that's why our theme was "You Can Be First Too," because we want our children to know that no matter what you want to do you can be first at something. No doubt about it. How many people were there? Uh, we had about 350 people there wow. last night. Yeah, yeah, it was a big, it was quite a few people, a big event, lots of people from the community, you know, that were came in to, hadn't been in Parsons in 30 years. Isn't that part of the problem? You know, when you're, you know, because we live in an older community demographically, mm -hmm. and if you don't have a kid in a school or a grandkid, you really don't have any reason in your day-to-day -day life to be there, and so people are just left with the perception rather than actually being in the hallways to see it. One of the reasons we do this every Friday is to sort of share those stories. Right. Unless you had a connection to Parsons, I would in fact basically, I would bet you you could stop most people on the street. They couldn't even tell you where Parsons is. Right. I would agree. Yeah. And that's not good or bad. It's just sort of the, the way it is in life. Uh, but it's great when you can bring folks from the community in yep. to see that. Yep. It was, it was a great event. And hearing their stories, we had a gentleman um, who visited, and I think he works with the historical Decatur Historical Society, but he was a second grader when the building was opened. Okay. So him and Mr. Rankin, who was a fourth grader when the building opened at Parsons, they had just like listening to their stories and the conversation. So it was seeing a lot of community members catch up with each other, share stories about, you know, when they were in elementary school, we have a first grade teacher and there's a big, dis uh, an art 
installation in our library. She made one of those squares and she tells the kids, I went here, I made this square and this, and it's a huge piece, but it's just nice to see our community come together for something good for our kids and, and just bring it together a little bit. There's been a lot of, as we know, this, the news isn't great these days. So it's good to have. Well, I, a great I, evening. yeah, I, I think that what you did last night is more proportionate to what the news is than what people think. I but agree. It, that, that's yeah. you know, a whole other story. Last time you were here, we talked about uh, mission and vision. Uh, walk me through some of the progress now that we're months later. I could pass that on to my teachers. Absolutely. But we're, we're on the road. It's growing. Um, in my classroom, we revisited our vision and mission, our ground rules and things when we came back from um, Christmas break as a way to refresh, um, reset going into the second half of the school year. Um, and the students still fully believe in the mission that they designed and are working towards that. They thought that our uh, ground rules needed some fine tuning. So we, we went back through and got more specific with our ground rules to make sure that... Give me an example. I mean, I, I think if you're old enough to remember, you know, school was very structured and, you know, what the teacher says, what the teacher said. And today, you know, that's changed and, and kids learn in different ways and, and, and you know, I, I think bond in different ways and giving them a say so and not being afraid through the halfway point to adjust and shift. That's very different in education today. And I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I mean, this whole way of like, there's only one way to do this mm-hmm. doesn't work, right? Absolutely. Um, we talk talk a lot about growth with with the goals that we set and and things so to think that our um ground rules and things should say stay stagnant wouldn't jive with the mindset that we are trying to instill in our students so we're always looking at our goals looking at um the way we do things the procedures that we follow and adjusting where necessary and they're they're the ones following the procedures and rules and and it's it's their education and so i think that it's super um impactful to give them the empowerment to take control of that um within reason of course but oh yeah but but i mean that's you know people get stuck in like oh well we used to do it this way i mean there's not a business out there that doesn't do exactly what you just said on a if not a daily weekly monthly basis you have to adjust right exactly and and i think by us giving the students the permission and the freedom to have us adjust will also translate into their um, future lives as productive citizens and of our community. All right, Caitlin, your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, within my classroom, even giving them a say-so in, we have behavior goals that are biweekly that we set all together, and they can choose what their goal should be, what their reward should be. And we do a teacher versus student kind of tally mark thing and then attendance goals and all the different goals that we set within our classroom and they can choose. And that way it's like on the walls and they can see like, oh, my gosh, we've had, you know, however many absences. What do we need to change? And it's more so in their hands rather than just me constantly. And and then, Holly, how do you uh, I mean, you got to have some structure. I mean, as a principal, I mean, but you'd be surprised about how much structure the kids will ask for. Okay. You know, so at the beginning of the year when we adopted this, the classrooms are all doing this. So as a building, you know, as a building, I say, this is what the hallway should look like in the past. It's, this is what the teachers decide. This is how we do the hallways. This is what the cafeteria should look like. This is what, you know, all these little pieces that we set ground rules for the building. But I actually, I went over the intercom and said, I need every classroom to send me two rules that they feel would make our building, like the hallways safe and passable, what the cafeteria should look like. And so when I got all of those, we kind of, we call it brainstorming, but I put all those sticky notes out and I shared with the kids and then we narrowed it down to four or five but the kids set them. So when we have an issue in the cafeteria, I can say, hey, you know, these are your own rules. These are, these are rules yeah. you guys signed off on. You helped us set and I need for you to be accountable for them and live up to them. And it, it just puts it in their hands a little bit more. And walking into classrooms and seeing walls where the kids are setting academic goals and behavior goals and they can tell you we're working on, I have first graders who can say, you know, there's only three of us left that need to count to 120 and we've met our, you know, first grade, one of our first grade math standards and, 
It's just their setting goals. And when we grow up, we all need to set goals. You want to get to the next level or the next step. We're teaching this from kindergarten. All right. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, all the noise about test scores. I mean, and, and so much of this is dictated by outside, you know, whether it's the federal government or the state board of education or whatever. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I think people will read a story and lose their minds about this and then they find out the nuance. I, I mean, for instance, at Johns Hill, you know, the English is a second language school. Right. They have to take the test in English, even though it's the English as a second language school. So, of course, you're going to get, you know, skewed, uh, you know, information. How much of that today, you know, teaching to the test versus you guys being able to have the freedom to do what you do, that's still kind of a bureaucratic mess, right? I mean, not that you don't want standards. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, at Parsons, we have really focused, and I think it's the same at many schools. We got to get our kids caught up. You know, COVID hit absolutely. us hard. Our kids got behind. You know, they were behind before we started COVID, but it's it's that piece of now we're really behind. And so we do, like Catherine said, we focus on growth. And so we celebrate growth. We want our kids to set goals to increase their academic skills and we want, of, co- of course I want, you know, 80% of my kids at the 50th percentile on Fastbridge and I want to be exceeding on IAR, but we're not going to get there until each of our kids gets there. And so we have to work within where they're at and get them to make sure that they are successful as they pass out of elementary school. But we're growing and, and I would say that this year, kindergarten, first grade, new kiddos coming in, I think we'll see our bar, the bar go way up over the next couple of years. Appreciate you all. Thank you for what you do. And uh, congratulations on uh, last night. James Bitten. Parsons. Look him up. All right. We'll take a break. Here is Nick Smith with your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast. Back with more right after this. Today, we've got scattered flurries before 11 a.m. It'll be cloudy through mid-morning, then gradually clearing with a high near 34. For tonight, clear with a low around 25. For Saturday, increasing clouds, high near 50. And for Sunday, sunny with a high near 54. The current temperature in downtown Decatur is 22 degrees. Your WSOI time is 726. This look at your weather brought to you by Eagle Ridge of Decatur. Looking to fall in love with your new home? Eagle Ridge, your affordable, assisted lifestyle community, is newly renovated and ready for you. You can count on them to provide home-cooked meals, small group activities, and visitations with family and friends. They are currently accepting move-ins, and there is no better time than to call them right now. Stop by 875 West McKinley or call 217-872-1282. That's 872-1282. They are an equal housing opportunity lender. It's time to think about your tax refund. And Jackson Hewitt wants you to think biggest. As in, we guarantee you'll get your biggest refund or your money back plus $100. Who offers that? Come to think of it, nobody. It's one of the biggest guarantees out there and why you can't just file with anybody. For your guaranteed biggest refund, go to Jackson Hewitt today. Your wallet will thank you. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. Listening to Fires and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. What in the world is the playlist today? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's 80s jam session. Okay. So there's 80s and then there's 80s. You don't like the barge? No. <laughs> I do not. Uh, but that's okay. Quite all right. Uh, we have a lot to get to here today. The uh, most sinful states in the United States of America. That, it's on everybody's mind, right? Yep. I mean, everybody's, we're, we're, we got one congresswoman who's about getting people to work and jobs and the workforce development and the ag business. And we got another one who's just trying to legislate sin. Her definition of sin. Oh, okay. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this story, and I thought, well, let's just see where the state of Illinois ranks. Now, you pointed out Nevada's going to get number one. Yep. 
Vegas, uh, New Jersey probably had a lock on number two, but they've slid now. You can yeah, gamble anywhere. I don't have any. Yeah, but I mean, but Atlantic City was never. I know they were. <laughs> Never Las Vegas. No. They tried to be. I know they did. They gave it a shot. But, uh, no, I, I, I think that, uh, I don't know if there's any obvious ones. I think there's ones you would think where the all-star game is being played, like Utah. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't be, like, high on the list. All the Mormons. Mm-hmm. You'd think. I don't know. I mean, that's just a perception thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's not a lot of people in Utah. Sure. I, I mean, it's <laughs> like Salt Lake, yes. But, I mean, the rest of it, I mean, it, there's five national parks within an hour and a half of each other. It's a lot of land, not a lot of people. And, and to me, you got to have a lot of people to be really sinful. Exactly right. Good theory. Got to have a lot of sinners <laughs> to get to the top of the list. And then what does sin mean? How do you define it? I mean, with Las Vegas, you think it's probably, you know, Gambling and prostitution. Drinking. You know. Three of the big ones. <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting list. And I'll tell you, I, I think you'll be surprised at who's at the top and who's not. Okay. Just based on perception. Mm-hmm. Based on Red versus blue, you know, based on a lot of these things that we have out there, kind of in these stereotypes of human behavior. Just saying. Okay. How's that for a tease? When we get back uh, on the other side of the break, Tim Kane in for Mark Tupper and then the Brink Otter Home Highlight, your chances to win passes to the Avon. Back with more. More fact-finding at our southern border. We were down there having discussions, learning about the cartels, who are really domestic terrorists who are running the show. House Republican Jen Kiggins, Democratic House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries will visit the border today. Breathing issues, scratchy throats, and rashes. Just some of the symptoms experienced by residents of East Palestine, Ohio. It's been two weeks since a train carrying highly toxic chemicals derailed. There's this question about testing and whether we're testing the water enough. The question that I have is why haven't they cleaned up the contaminated soil that's going to eventually contaminate the groundwater no matter what? Ohio Senator J.D. Vance, the federal government has denied a request for disaster assistance but is deploying medical experts. America's listening to Fox News. The Housing Authority of Champaign County is announcing the first-time landlord lease-up incentive. HACC will offer a $500 incentive to new landlords who lease to a voucher holder. New landlords are eligible for up to five units for a total of a $2,500 incentive. Have you been inactive with the HACC and HCV programs for more than three years? Then you're eligible for this great incentive, too. Contact the HACC today at 217-378-7100 to learn more about this program. Or just stop by 2008 North Market in Champaign. Memorial Care is your entry to the quality care and expertise of Memorial Health. Memorial Care is primary care for seeing experienced physicians and providers. It is urgent care when there's no time to wait for an appointment. It is virtual care for added convenience and virtual appointments that fit your schedule. Memorial Care is how health begins. Visit memorial.health to find hours and locations in your area. Here is Nick Smith with your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast. Today we've got scattered flurries up until around 11. It'll be cloudy through mid-morning, then gradually clearing with a high of 34. Tonight, clear with a low of 25. Saturday, increasing clouds, high near 50. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 54. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 22 degrees. Your WSOY time is 733. Tupper on Sports on WSOY, 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at NowDecatur.com.
Each and every weekday morning, we check in with Mark Topper, sitting in for Mark a couple of days here at the end of the week, is Tim Kane, uh, who joins us. All right, I don't even know what to make of this whole Bears-Arlington Heights thing. There doesn't seem to be any stomach over in Springfield uh, to create the tax incentive that they're looking for. What do you make of all this? I think you're exactly right about that, and whether that whether that's right or wrong is something that that we'll all have to debate and make our decisions about. But yeah, there, there's no interest in Springfield on helping the Chicago Bears, helping a private entity that's a professional sports team in any shape or fashion. It's not like it was when the White Sox were threatening to leave and uh, and go to Florida. And you know, who remember that the, the older ones among us remember that happening in the late late 80s, early 90s, the Bears are moving a little closer to Arlington Heights. They won't vacate Soldier Field this year or even next, but the step of finalizing the purchase of the Arlington Heights racetrack is the next step toward the team leaving the area near Lake Michigan. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot says she's going to put up a battle to keep the team where they are, but she has to see that's an uphill battle. Soldier Field lacks amenities that fans demand, and the stadium has the smallest capacity in the league. I always have to look that up because it never seems to make any sense. But because of that, because of the smallest capacity, the field cannot play host to a Super Bowl. Although that doesn't seem to be the case in Nashville, where the Tennessee Titans are building a stadium that will top out at 60 or 65,000 seats. But the NFL has told the team that's okay. And the University of Phoenix Stadium, where the Super Bowl is just played, has the second smallest capacity in the league. Only 13 teams currently have the capacity of 70,000 or more, and I don't anticipate uh, Lambeau Field in Green Bay or Highmark Stadium in Buffalo to be awarded a Super Bowl anytime soon. This is just another step on the way for the Bears. They still have a significant amount to work, a significant amount of work to do in Arlington Heights. The general state, the general sentiment from Arlington Heights citizens is that they'd be glad to have the team there, but they're not so sure about the traffic they went to, and they're concerned about a loss of property. And like we said earlier, the Bears can't count any help from J.B. Pitzker, who said state money will not be used to assist the Bears. Yeah. You know what I wish they would do? Win a few football games. Yeah, that would be, that would be helpful. And that, that would that would engender a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, positive things for the team among taxpayers. Oh, no, I, I mean, you can't sell this to me on saying we might someday, 10 years down the road, get a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? <laughs> that can't be the selling point. All right, on the other side yeah. of the break uh, with Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Tupper, we'll talk about Tim McCarver. This look brought to you by First National Bank, the quality bank, now open in downtown Decatur. Hello, my name is Matt Beavers, President and CEO of First National Bank. I wanted to personally thank our customers for trusting FNB to be their bank of choice indicator. In our four years here, we've been fortunate to work with individuals and businesses alike on projects big and small. We're proud of our financial products and the quality of service our team provides. We're truly a local bank who stays involved throughout the project and who you can come see in person at either of our Decatur locations. Thank you on behalf of our team at First National Bank of Decatur. First National Bank, the quality bank. Member FDIC, FNB. Equality.bank. Back here with Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Tupper. All right, Tim McCarver passed away. Well, we talked yesterday about t- Tiger Woods, Brian, and you asked if younger people were aware of him. Last night I was talking to Scott Chapman on Sport Talk. He said younger people are at least aware of Woods because of video games. Now, yesterday, Tim McCarver died at age 81, and I suspect few people under the age of 30 know who Tim McCarver is. And those who remember him will have different thoughts about him as well. Was he a great player? Was he a, was he a weak player? I actually remember him as a better player than he was, even in his prime. He was serviceable. He could be a liability defensively. And he did finish second in MVP voting in 67, which kind of surprised me, um, particularly given that his numbers were 14 home runs and 16 or 69 RBI. He was, uh, he got about half of the total of both of those of teammate Orlando Cepeda, who won the MVP that year. McCarver started with the Cardinals, went to Philadelphia, played with the Expos and Red Sox, had repeat trips to St. Louis and Philadelphia. At the end of his career, he was Steve Carlton's personal catcher, including the year in Philadelphia where the team won 59 games and Steve Carlton won 27 of those. Many more people are likely to remember Tim McCarver as an announcer. He won three Emmys called 23 World Series and 20 All-Star Games, and he was inducted to the Hall of Fame as a media member in 2012. 
This weekend, the Illini stoked their huge slough. Four games in nine days, playing 11 o'clock against Indiana. All right, my friend. Have a great weekend. We appreciate you feeling in. And there we go. Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. You know, I, I, when I say the young kids with Tiger, I mean, to the young kids today, Tiger is the age of Jack Nicholas when I was like in high school. To Rory McElroy, who's 13 years younger, Roy's 33, Tiger's 47. He, that was his era's hero. Sure. And they all talk about that in that full swing, that that Tiger Woods was what brought them to golf. Tony Finau, one of the nicest people you'll ever see portrayed and is viewed that way on the PGA Tour. Saw Tiger as a, his skin's the same color as my skin. You, You know, I could do this. But Roy McElroy, same thing in Northern Ireland. So he attracted all of these young kids. I mean, you know, but now at 47, when you're 10 years old, that's ancient. Right. Oh, yeah. And in the athlete world? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you're the older guy on the circuit. No one knows who Tim Carver is. I mean, 10-year-olds. Yeah. 14-year-olds. Why would they? Right. Not been a part of their life. Uh, anyway, uh, I uh, appreciate the sentiment. I mean, you got to, like, recognize the man's longevity and career. Incredible. How many people do that? How many people get into a Hall of Fame of anything? So there you have it. All right, so we're back here on a uh, Friday. Break out our home highlight coming up on the other side of the break, and then we're going to get into the – who's the – what state? What state has the most centers? Insane. Uh, Church lady, Dana uh, yeah. Carvey. Well, no, 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 no. That, that was more like an actual like uh, evangelist. Oh, it wasn't based yeah. on. No, that was. Yeah, the spoof was accurate. Uh, <laughs> Church lady was right on. That's what they sounded like. <laughs> Watch out for scene. I hear Robin Williams had this stand up oh, yeah. routine about compare and contrast Jesus and Spider Man. I remember that. Uh, I, I don't. This is not meant as anything other than just, I read this, I thought it was interesting. I'm not standing in judgment. Maybe it's something you brag about. Maybe it's something you despise. I just wanted to know, where do we rank? We know Nevada's number one. Yep. Self-proclaimed Sin City. Come and get it. You probably have a good guess at what number two would be. I don't, I'm just teasing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes sense in a way. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go, oh, yeah, okay, right? Number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight, number nine, number ten. Where do we rank? Are we in the top ten? Do they do all 50? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, who's at the very bottom? All the way down to Rhode Island. Uh, oh, careful be now. Careful. careful. Be careful. <laughs> Don't assume population. For capita, oh. we're up there. <laughs> so here, this is the Wallet Hub Vice Index. Anger and hatred, jealousy, excesses and vices, greed, lust. Oh, A lot okay. of categories. Okay. A lot of mad people. A lot of places. Yeah, well, that's true. Skewing. That's universal. All right, bring out our home highlight coming up. You can go to our Facebook page right now, uh, like, comment, feel free to share, and you can win eight passes to the Avon Theater. Go see Ant Man this weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be big on the big screen. You gotta check that out. Well, you got it because he's tiny. Yeah, have to. So Otherwise, you wouldn't see him. Your iPad, he's like that big. Yeah. You got uh, Paul Rudd and, yeah. you, you know, is Michael Douglas still around? Yeah, and Evangeline Lilly. And uh, Michelle Fiverr. Mm-hmm. Kang, going to see the future of the new, uh, the next phase of Avengers. Yeah, probably some Heineken Zero in there, I'd imagine. Uh, I would, just based on the Super Bowl <laughs> ads, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, eight passes up for grabs. You mm-hmm. have to do very little. The threshold is just, you can just step over it. You and- don't even need to, like... Yep. Barely get your foot off the ground. When you get there, all you got to do is buy your own real butter popcorn when oh, you get there. Oh, that sounds good. It does, doesn't it? All right, we'll do it on the other side of the marquee coffee break. You know the thing. The magic is in our beans. Hello, I'm Bob from Donnelly Automotive, your CarQuest store located at 1298 East El Dorado. We've been proudly serving the Decatur community for over 68 years, and we recently had a drive through put in. <laughs> 
Honestly, an accident has changed our appearance, but not our hours of operation or experience or commitment to you, our loyal customers. Please call us at 428-7414. ArtQuest has great people, great product, and great prices. 1298 East El Dorado, 428-7414. Earthmover Credit Union presents the United Way Open at Caddyshack Golf Club. Tee it up anytime from now to Wednesday, February 22nd. Play the golf simulator at Caddyshack, add a $10 donation to the United Way, and your nine-hole score could qualify you for the finals and a chance at the $1,500 prize purse. Get all the details at uwdecatur.org or the United Way Facebook page. Earthmover Credit Union presents the United Way Open, courtesy of the 4-9 in Mount Zion, the country financial agency of Ludwig & Young, the law office of Andrew S. Erickson, Blake Palooza LLC, and Newhoff media back to reality you're listening to buyers and company streaming live at nowdecatur.com that in vogue soul to soul to soul okay all right, we're going to take a little trip to uh, the south side of town, uh, quite uh, literally 1836, which sounds like it could be a Tyler Sheridan series. It's not. It's an address, South Shores Drive, right? Two beds, two baths, 2,421 square feet. Here's the thing, 3.15 acres and a four-car garage. Yeah, you got to see the drone shots. You want a room to maneuver? You know what it was like in COVID, right? Right. Got the neighbor Ned right in your face. Like, come on, man. Ned doesn't wear a mask. Spread out, Ned. Yeah. You got 3.15 acres. I'm looking at the gallery. You do really have to take a look at the drone shots, as uh, Nick mentioned. That's the great thing about what Brinkotter does in in our home highlight every Friday, but for every home they have on their website, if it's theirs, they have unbelievable, like I can look across the street. I can look at the roof. I can look at the yard from way up high and really get a sense, hey, man, I could do, could I put a pool in? Could I do whatever? I mean, you you really, before you ever step foot on the property, get to see all of that. Absolutely right. Got a driveway. It looks like a couple of driveways in. I'm looking at the inside. looks like good bones. You, you know, got a lot you can do with this. Pretty uh, good size, right? Right. 2,400 square feet. I, I, I like the windows are a little different. Yeah. More of a rectangular. Mm-hmm. I think the the showpiece probably I would imagine is their kitchen with those. I, I think I read it as maple cabinets. It looks immaculate. Oh, I like the. Not, is that an attic with the the, the pitched ceilings? Yeah. Some people call that a bonus space. Yeah, where, you, know, you got that, and you have a basement. Oh, I like that the basement. They got a workout room, which is what a lot of people put their use. laundry down there too. Uh, you know, for their basements, is that a screened-in porch? Yes, a f- they call that a Four Seasons room, and it is huge. Yeah, it's huge. And then look at all the property. Yeah. All right, Michael Sexton is your broker slash agent. Uh, his cell phone number is two one seven four three three one zero six two. So you've got a. It's a Cape Cod, I believe, is what they call that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But but a little bigger than what you kind of tend to think of as a Cape Cod, right? Absolutely. It's in the Mount Zion School District. Uh, inside, you'll find uh, all kinds of updates. There's that Huff Lumber kitchen with granite countertops and the maple cabinetry uh, with the stainless steel appliances that you were talking about. So you, not only do you have quality, you got local quality. Yeah. Which means if you ever need anything, they're right there. Right? Exactly right. And you've got two bedrooms on the main floor, two full updated baths. Upstairs, there's an opportunity to have a master bedroom with, even with a walk-in closet. Uh, past owners have used it, uh, 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 but, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. The basement, as you said, partially finished with a family room. Off the kitchen, a large four-season room, perfect for relaxing uh, and overlooking all your land. Lots of storage. Uh, second detached oversized garage to store your mowing equipment, or maybe you want to do a workshop or even a gym out there. Exactly right. Did you see the mudroom entrance that they had? Uh, I did not. So it built in, looks like four people to the bench, several hooks, cabinetry right there on, on a, looks like a ceramic tile floor. You come in after being out in the, the wilderness on your big property. On your land. Yeah, yeah. On your land. You sit right there and get those boots and snow off and yeah. snowsuit off and do it. That's a beautiful kitchen. It is. 
I like the ceiling too. I mean, I can't tell they've got some sort of treatment on that. Uh, good looking stuff. Uh, but I, I think more than ever, what we learned during COVID, we, we need space. Mm-hmm. Give me space. Give me green space, happy space, right? Yeah. This looks like the type of land that if you had a go-kart or four-wheeler or golf cart, or if you wanted, if you're a walker, you could really just be out and you're in the green space and in the air. It's plenty of room for that. Absolutely. All right. The uh, house is located uh, at 1836 South Shores Drive in Decatur, Mount Zion School District. And you can check out the link at Naticator's Facebook page uh, and win yourself uh, eight passes to the Avon. That's what we're giving away this week. Michael Sexton, the agent, if you want to give them a call, uh, make sure you do. And uh, you'll see uh, how amazing it is. Central Air, you got the uh, finished and partially unfinished basement. You got uh, really, it's a one and a half story house, mm-hmm. kind of a little different with that Cape Cod yep. uh, design. You got dishwasher, range, refrigerator, built in gas, water heater, microwave, oven, range hood. All of those details are available. And the exterior, over three acres. If you're a nature fan, could you imagine the bird watching or the deer oh. watching? Maybe when the snow comes down, looking out across that pasture, or not pasture, but field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be beautiful sitting in that Four Seasons room. It's been on the uh, market, by the way, for just under or just at nine days. Oh. So uh, pretty new to the listing. You can go to BrinkOuter.com or go to the Nauticator Facebook page and check it out. We're giving away eight passes, a family pack. It's a big family. So I'm assuming if you're a smaller family, you can go twice. Yeah. If you're Ant-Man size, you can go over and over. Uh, A-Pass to the Avon Theater. So okay. Ant-Man is this weekend. I, yeah. I I guess I realized that just based on the commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, time gets away from you. And yeah. I went, oh, wow, that's here this weekend. I'll wait for that one. Yeah, uh, I probably will too, but but not for any specific reason. It Paul Rudd is as good as it gets um, in the cinematic universe. It's good. I don't know if he, I don't, I, I, I would, I would take issue with the statement that Paul Rudd is as good as it gets. Of what's, what's here. There are better actors than Paul Rudd. He's good at what he does. Oh, of course he is. Mm-hmm. You said as good as it gets. In the cinematic universe as it is right now. I think he's probably the, their biggest star right now, right? You're talking about Marvel or yeah, just Marvel. movies? Okay, but you didn't say Marvel. Yeah, you I said, did. I said in their cinema, in their it, cinematic universe. Okay. I heard that you said he was as good as it gets in movies. Oh no! Okay, I mean, you know, that's that's a little exaggeration. Yeah, he's very right. good, but he's not as good as it gets no. in overall movies. I would say that his the guy who plays his dad's even better than he is. Michael Douglas. Yes, as far as the overall universe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anywho, that's this weekend at the Avon Eight Passes. Just yeah. go to the Naticator Facebook page and check it out. All right, where do you live? As far as the most sinful states in America. And then you want to know, like, is there a huge difference between number one and number 50? Yeah. Or is it like uh, 58.36, 52.7? I mean, you know, how dramatic of a difference is there? Are they giving scores so we can kind of see? You have the Wallet Hub Vice Index number. Okay. I now, like Wallet Hub. That, that's made up of a lot of different categories of statistics. And to me, there's like good sin and there's bad sin. I think that's to everyone. No, I, I, if you're a good church go, I mean, they, all sin is equal in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, but we all justify our own sins. <laughs> that's okay. I, no, I, listen, <laughs> you are right in that. Everyone does that. Like, I particularly think that if you are a Christian today in a church and you're supposed to believe that all sin is equal, you got a little extra hate about that homosexuality stuff. Seen that on display. Your thing about that sin, quote unquote, is a little heavier than some of the other sins. To the point where if you got like a happily married couple that happens to be a man and a man, and they don't do any cheating, and they're like living an upright life, somehow they're going to hell a little faster than that guy you're sitting next to in the pew that cheats on his wife all the time. I'm just saying there seems to be a little extra, little extra for you in that sin. 
and anecdotally, I think I can back that up doing this show for 26 years. Yeah, that one does seem spicy to yeah. some people. Uh, well, they'd be offended you even calling it spicy. <laughs> we'll take the break. Here's Nick Smith with your News Channel 20 Storm Team Forecast. Today we've got scattered flurries before 11 a.m., cloudy through mid-morning, the gradually clearing with a high near 34. For tonight, clear with a low around 25. For Saturday, increasing clouds, high of 50. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 54. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 22 degrees. Your WSOY time is 7.54. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Need some motivation to pick up those running shoes or get the bike tuned up? Just listen in to Ride and Run each Tuesday morning on Buyers and Company. Kyle, owner of Fleet Feet, and Cole, owner of Spin City Cycles, will talk about how runners and cyclists are continuing their training, encouraging others, and sharing photos of their journey. Come in and shop at 1088 and 1090 Westwood. Or shop online at FleetFeetDecaturIL.com or SpinCity.co. And listen in each Tuesday at 620. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. All right. The uh, story starts out with red states and blue states may like to point to one another as the source of all that is wrong with the U.S., but the truth is that each of the 50 states has its own virtues and vices. For example, West Virginia has the worst drug problem, and it certainly comes as no surprise that Nevada is the most gambling addicted. Although I think with the last year or so, that has a real chance of dropping. Spreading out. Now it's going to be where the population is. Mm -hmm. The cost of state sins is something we have to share as a nation, though. Gambling alone costs the U.S. about $5 billion per year. That's nothing compared to the amount of money we lose from smoking, $300 billion a year. Harmful behavior on the individual level can add up to staggering economic cost on a national scale. Some states are more well-behaved than others. In order to determine the states that most give in to their desires, Wallet Hub compared the 50 states across 47 key indicators of what might be described as illicit behavior. Our data set ranges from violent crimes per capita to excessive drinking to the share of the population with gambling disorders and beyond. I mean, 47 different indexes. Number one is easy. It's Nevada. Now, I don't know that Nevada 10 years from now will be number one because it is the home to conventions and gambling and brothels and all of that. But now that, you know, most states have gone to legalize gambling and you can do it over your phone, that's going to be whoever has the most population. Right. Right? Potentially, That's yeah. just a numbers game. Mm-hmm. But for right now, Nevada is number one. So a couple of obvious questions pop into your head. Well, who's number two and where's Illinois or whatever state you live in? You can guess number two. By the way, the Wallet Hub Vice Index is 58.36 for Nevada. 53. Okay. 58.36. Oh, 58.36. Okay. Uh, who would you guess would be number two and number three? I've got three states that I I think that uh, – actually, four, and I think they're pretty standard, and two red, two blue. I'm thinking California, New York, Florida, Texas. Uh, you're right on two of those, wrong on the oh, other two. Okay. California is number two. That That's what I'd guess for two. 57.87, so uh, a little under a point difference. Louisiana is oh. number three at 57.12. Florida is number four. Now, this this cracks me up because there is like Florida as you see it, 
the land of Ron DeSantis and, you know, very red and Republican. Yep. And then you got to do that with the STD percentage at the villages, you, yep. you know. Yep. And Miami for what, it, you know, all that it's known for. And Florida's number four. Yeah. Number five kind of surprised me. But then if you look at the behavior of their sports fans, not so much. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, <laughs> number five. Texas, number six. Yeah, they do things bigger there, and that's cliche, but it holds true. Well, but does bigger mean sinful? I don't know. I, I, that's probably an unfair I mean, Because I put but... steer horns on the front <laughs> of my Cadillac, that's sinful? I don't know. I don't know, actually, where I, why I got that one. Okay. Uh, Tennessee. Hmm. Number seven. Interesting. Illinois, number eight. Okay. South Carolina, number nine. New York does not, it's, it's the 10th on the list, which is kind of surprising to me, just based on how many people are there. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? Just yeah. population levels. Yeah, you'd think so. So, what is going on? Is that on? your phone? I think it was literally started by my watch. <laughs> By me saying something. <laughs> I messed up. I got so. some work to do on this yes, stuff. Yes, I do. All right. Uh, we'll take the break. Angela will join the conversation. We'll take a deeper dive into this. What's the most sinful states in the United States? You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.